growing up, I was taught there aren't that many jobs in music. So you have to be really good in order to succeed. And that is so wrong. Like, yeah, you gotta be good because you gotta go for it. There are many wide and varied paths that individuals go down when seeking a career in music. These paths are long and winding and oftentimes have bumps along the way. What lies at the end of these paths is a career, not based on fame and fortune, but a fulfilling career defined by a passion for creativity. This is a podcast that shares the stories of those individuals and the paths they have taken to become who they are today. This is Learning to Become. Learning to Become. Learning to Become. Welcome to our very first episode of Learning to Become. My name is Mindy Cook, and I will be your host. I am super excited for our guest today. Her name is Katie Terrell Ramos. Okay, I'm Katie Terrell Ramos. And she is the author of the children's book, Igabadif, the Musical Yak. I'm an author and illustrator of a music children's book, and I also teach private music lessons as well. We talk about many things during our interview, about the importance of networking, about how you just have to keep getting back up whenever you have your failures, and about how you don't have to be the best musician to have a career in music. And in the same way, you don't have to be the uh, best speaker to have a podcast, and I know that I am not the greatest interviewer, um, but this is all learning portion for me. Um, sometimes I don't have the right words to say, but I just want to be my most authentic self. Um, and hopefully you can see that being portrayed in the podcast. So I really hope that you enjoy mine and Katie's conversation. Um, I really learned a lot and I think that you will too. So without further ado. So I want to talk to you about your children's book because it just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so where did you get the idea to write your the children's book? It started, goodness, so many years ago. I, I started teaching when I was 18. My family owns a music school. It's called School of Rock. And when they opened up, I had been doing music for my whole life. And so they were like, okay, we want you to teach little kids. And I had a kiddo with a reading uh, disability and he could not for the life of him remember every good boy does fine and it dawned on me that I couldn't either when I was a little kid and so I, I was bound and determined to think of something that would work for this little guy so that he could actually memorize the lines on the staff because he was at the point where he needed to learn the lines it was time that we started using uh, the lines and the spaces and I was babysitting a dog um and I just thought I, it dawned on me one day I was I just decided okay this dog is going to be Igabadif <laughs> and so I brought the dog into his lesson and I was like this is Igabadif we're going to learn about Igabadif today and he got to play with the dog and meet the dog and and he fell in love but the best part was that he remembered Igabadif for years to come and he remembered the lines on the staff but as I became an elementary music teacher I couldn't bring a live dog to the school of course 
Right. And we've all heard of so many other dogs in the music world. So I decided that Igabadif was going to be an animal that was a little more unique. And I went to Nepal and I was working with uh, actually students that are Buddhist monks. And as I was working there, I got to see some yak on our trip. And it was like, oh, that's what Igabadif could be. <laughs> He'll be a yak. You don't hear of yaks in music, mm-hmm. you know, at all. He's a yakety yak with a heart made of gold. He's one of a kind. And that's the truest truth told. And so I, when I figured that out, I knew that Igabadif was going to be a yak, but I had no idea how to draw. And I had no idea um, how to make a book. It was like not on my radar at all. But I moved down to Texas for a summer and my husband was like, you need to find something to do, you know, go take an art class for fun. And so I went to the local art uh, university there and took a class in block printing, which I had no idea what it was. And so I took that class and figured out quickly that's exactly how Igabadif was going to come to life. And so that's how it came to be slowly throughout the years. (laughs) He comes from musical land where names are unique. To musicians, these names are easy to speak. Those who don't live in this magical place, they forget this yak's name, but never his face. Talk to us about block printing and how you actually made your book. You said you had no idea what you were doing to start with. So how did that go from that to now you have your book out? and selling it so when I was taking the block printing class I had no idea what I was going to do with all of the block prints I just knew that I was going to start creating art it was my medium now and um, I was making like simple pictures kind of like this one actually I have it right here so I was making flowers and quotes that I really liked and then I COVID hit of course. Mm -hmm. And I had so much time on my hands. I couldn't really, I could teach online, but I wasn't able to go into the studio and I wasn't able to, I was supposed to be planning a festival at that point, which was going to be like my main job. And that was canceled. Mm. And so I decided that I was going to create the book, which had been like percolating in my mind for a few years. And when I decided that it was like, writer's block which I had no idea because I'd never written anything right. so I didn't know writer's block all of a sudden I was just petrified I was so scared to create this thing because what if it didn't do well what if I didn't know what I was doing what if what if I fail right and I was in this book club and we read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and in the book she talks about How if you have an idea come to you, it's A, a privilege, like this idea has decided to come to you. And then if you decide not to manifest it or not to work on that project or that idea, it'll leave you and go to someone else. When I read that, my mind was like, oh, I need to make this book now. (laughs) (laughs) You need to do it right now. It needs to happen. So I just simply started with creating Igabadith. Um, and I made a stamp and I had no idea what I was doing. I just drew something up. And, um, once I did that, then I started working on the story. 
I knew the story because I'd been teaching it to kids for years. I mean, I've mm-hmm. taught the story of Ikebadif probably over a thousand times. So I knew what needed to happen in the story and what, what was going to kind of the progression of it, but it morphed depending on what stamps I could make and what stamps worked and looked good and what didn't. So I started with just an Igabadif stamp and then I had my story and I slowly created these characters that fit into the story. And it just kind of, as stamps went well, the story would change. And the stamps looked terrible. The story, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was, fun. it was a fun process of like, oh, the art mixed with the, the words. Okay. It worked well. It didn't work well. I'm going to throw that away. <laughs> and then <laughs> just figuring out what fit together. Bingo. And Igabadif's friendship goes way back. So you, you took that and then how did you actually get it printed? Like how did, how did, how does that out on the market now? Right, right. So I decided to self-publish and I did talk to a few different publishers, but the reason I decided to self-publish is because my audience is mostly connected with Amazon, right? Like everybody, um, a lot of teachers anyway, and parents too are using Amazon. I use Amazon. So Mm -hmm. when I found out that Amazon has something called KDP, where you can print on demand, um, I decided that I was going to try to do that, which was a whole different learning experience because you have to format your book on Photoshop or some other program and make it perfect before they approve it. And so it took about 15 uh, edits or sends. So I had to send it in with the little itty bitty changes until they finally were like, yes, your formatting is correct. So I decided to do it that way just because um, you don't have to order a thousand books at a time. So when you order on Amazon, it ships, it drop ships to you. So they'll print it in North Carolina, I think is where it prints. And then they'll send it wherever, all over the world, which is awesome so that I don't have to have thousands of books in my house right? <laughs> just hanging out. Right. Cool. Um, I did not know that about, you know, how to, that you could self-publish through Amazon. That's, that's a pretty, pretty um, neat. Um, yeah. talk, talk to me about your musical experience growing up. I know you said your, fa- your family owned a music school. Um, what about like your um, K-12 experience? Did you go to public school? What, and what was that like? Yeah, I did. I, so my dad is a drummer. And so I grew up around rock bands um, and just like seeing performances. And then I remember him being like, you're going to get to try choir and it's going to be so much fun. Like, I can't wait for you to try choir. And this was probably when I remember it, first or second grade, you know, all of those years kind of blend together years later. (laughs) Um, But around then I joined choir and it was with Mrs. Lees was my teacher. I remember all my teachers so well. And Uh, we did the three little pigs and the musical and I just fell in love. I I don't know what it was about the show, but I loved the idea of being able to tell a story. And then I was hooked from that point on. I I auditioned for musicals all over uh, the community and 
in middle school, I was doing musicals. We did Cinderella and all sorts of different ones, Jungle Book. <laughs> and I just fell in love with telling stories. I think music is one of the best ways that we can tell and share our emotions and really give, give a full experience to a story because through music, we can give emotion, we can tell uh, you know, a lot of change in the story and it's just a lot of fun too. Welcome to Musical Land. Yippee! You want to see, oh how fun this will be. So in high school, I also went to public school and uh, we, I did musicals there too. I never really got into sports. And I think it's because I loved the musical so much that I wanted to hang out in the theater wing way more than I wanted to hang out in the rest of the school. And I think music in the public school setting really uh, set me up for creating events, which is part of my job now. I, I set up festivals and um, different markets. And I think that having that whole project, like from beginning to end of a musical or uh, being in different musical projects, right? You have to learn how to start a project and finish it and do all of the steps in between. Right. And I think that's what served me the best was because I learned how to start something, how to fail and then get back up, fail, get back up, and then finish it, follow through, which is you know the end where you perform for people. And I think that that's definitely what was my favorite part about being in music through public school. Yeah, and that that totally probably influenced how you were creating your book. You had failures as you were creating that, and then but you still got to this finishing point and this product that you have that you're sending out, which would be like your performance. Yes, yeah, and it's a performance that I get to share with people around the country, which blows my mind. Somebody from Canada ordered my book yesterday, and it was just like oh, I felt like a kid, you know, a kid in a candy store, like. Oh my goodness, my story is going to be going somewhere where I don't I don't personally know this person, but I get to share my heart with them and share a story that means a lot to me. And it's going to be really fun to just have that I don't know that reach all over, right? Like sharing with people all over the country. This is his neighborhood, Treble Clef Heights. That's where you'll find him most days and nights. So tell me about, did you go to college? Do you have a degree in music? Like what is your background outside of uh, high school? Yeah. So I, like I said, I did musicals growing up. That, that was my in with music. And I went to school for musical theater originally. So I started doing that. I did three years of school in musical theater. I loved it. And then I took a trip to New York City and realized that it's really dirty and I, I was scared. I didn't really want to be in New York City all the time, which I had seen movies that made New York City seem like um, uh, paradise. And being from Colorado with mountains and streams <laughs> everywhere, I realized quickly that I want to be in nature and following a path of musical theater was not going to take me 
to the mountains. <laughs> so when my parents opened up School of Rock, they they like kind of dropped a line saying, hey, you could come back and start our preschool program and like teach for us for a little bit. Just try it out. See if you like it. And I, I remember coming home for a summer. I wasn't going to give up on musical theater. <laughs> I was, I was going to keep with it because I was taught you follow through with everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I taught my first preschool music class and I got to tell the story of, I think I even taught Yigabadif at one point, even though it was preschool, which is silly, right? But I was like, I don't know what to teach, you know? And so I I got to teach that and I, I saw the light bulbs go off in their minds and saw them playing a guitar and it was like, this is what I want to do. So I, I went back to Colorado, back to here, and I got a whole nother degree in um, music education. And I knew that I didn't want to teach in the public setting forever, but I knew it was a way to learn what I needed to. I had no idea what I was needing to learn at that point. But I, my first year of teaching, I opened up a brand new school and it was wild. I mean, there were 800 students at the school. I, yeah, (laughs) we, we had to start, our building was not done when we started school. So we started in a middle school and then we had to transfer. It was wild. (laughs) So that was like a whole nother degree in itself. Yeah. (laughs) Learning that, but yeah, so I, I do have a degree in music, but I knew that getting a music education degree didn't mean that I had to teach music in a classroom setting, right? It was a way to learn how music works and how people can internalize it and then share it in different ways. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that get their degree in music education and then they just go all kinds of different places. Um, It's really just a good foundational degree to have and you can just go anywhere from there. Pretty mm-hmm. much. So, Definitely. yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I love where you have gone. I, um, your storytelling and how music can facilitate that storytelling as well, I think is an, an important message um, for kids, students to hear. So, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in kind of going down your same career path? Mm. I would. I would say right away, choose, choose a few art classes and go for it. Don't be scared. (laughs) Um, I waited until I was 23 to take an art class, 22. And I wish I would have just done it in high school, you know, or just gone for it. If you have any inkling that you want to learn about something, go for it. It doesn't have to be a situation where you you're going to use that as your career, right? I didn't take art classes before because I didn't think I could make money off of it. And I was in this mindset of, I need to learn what I'm going to use to make money. And I wish I would have, I wish I would have explored a little more. And so I would say, go for it. Take the art class, take the the digital marketing class, whatever it is, right? Like if you have any inkling of wanting to learn about something, even if it's just for fun, 
go and do that because you never know it could end up being your career you know absolutely I think that's great advice um that's something that I wish that my younger self maybe would have have known as well that it's okay to to go out and explore the things that aren't necessarily going to make you money but they're going to make you happy um and so I think that is um, extremely important for our, uh, for our kids to know. What a great trip to musical land. Did you see the eighth note frog band? This is the end. I'm so glad you came, especially now you know Igbidu's name. I think you've you've definitely gone in and and um, talked about your experience and kind of how you got to where you are and you can I mean you can go any any direction with that music education degree um, which is kind of a neat thing um, and you can you talk to me a li- just a little bit more about you said you're an event planner or a festival planner can you talk to me about that just a little bit because that sounds that's intriguing to me. Yes, yes. So I am on a board for a nonprofit here and we put on a community event each year. Well, multiple. Before COVID hit, we were doing, I think we had up to six events in a season. And so we would put on, we would pay a bunch of artists. So we fund um, every single artist that we have come. And we normally have about six to 12 musicians and performers in our events. And this year we had to pivot a little bit. We had a passeggiata, which is a neighborhood stroll. And so we had people coming around uh, to a neighborhood here in Durango and we had performers on each corner of the street. And so we encouraged people to have social distance, but, um, watch people perform and get that live music into their life because that's something that we've lost a lot of Mm -hmm. in COVID. Um, We don't have a lot of live music or musicals or other settings where we get to listen to people creating music. And so my job this summer was to keep that going. So we had uh, local artists from an orchestra to a steel drum band to I think we had salsa dancers and circus performers. So what I do is I coordinate all of the artists, which having a musical background is so useful because I know what it's like to be an artist and how how to help the artists prepare for such an occasion, right? And so I coordinate everybody performing. They're all performing at once or maybe they're kind of, spread out a little bit in timing but yeah we do we do about six events normally and on a normal year we would have a market and so we would have uh local artists as well oh my gosh the snow is coming off of my house right now (laughs) yeah we have we we got over a foot and a half of snow Wow. And so, and it's so, it's so heavy that it's, when it comes down, it sounds like an avalanche. <laughs> so I'm sure you're hearing it. I didn't so. know if you had a thunderstorm going on or what. <laughs> no, just a scary amount of snow coming off. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So my job is to coordinate all the artists, which is actually something that's a whole nother career people could go into is being mm-hmm. a market coordinator. Um, which is really fun for like music festivals and and I've I've 
then on the other side where I've taken bands on, uh, on tour for School of Rock. So I took them to music festivals. And that's a whole nother thing you can do is be like a tour manager, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a really fun thing to do because you decide where your band fits well into different settings. And then you take them on this really cool road trip and have them perform to people all over the country, which is a fun thing to do too. Yeah. So how did that job fall into your lap, the the job of the um, coordinator? Right. So I, oh, it's so funny. I was taking a business class and I happened to sit by the person who uh, runs Anima City Night Bazaar, which is the group. And she was talking about how they were going to have a flash mob at their next event. And I was like, I love flash mobs. <laughs> <laughs> really? What is your event? Like, hmm. And we started talking and I was like, oh yeah, I've taken kids on tour. Like I've, I've been part of putting on music festivals before and like being part of them. And because I sat by uh, my dear friend now, because I sat by her in this random class, she ended up being like, oh, we should probably talk a little bit because we're looking for a market coordinator right now and we have no idea what we're doing. And I don't have any, I don't have a degree in it, of course, but I do have a little bit of experience. And we sat down and I just said, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen for you guys. Let's do it. And just because I sat with her, she was like, yes, let's, <laughs> let's try it out. And it's been so fantastic. We've had, I mean, We've had events where we've had um, close to 600, 700 people there. And it's, it's all about community uh, placemaking. So making our community more beautiful and just opening up opportunity for new musicians to perform. Awesome. So it's putting yourself out there is, is how you kind of made that connection. So it, yes. I, it, that's an important thing to do as well if you're looking for to network with other people and, and they can really make opportunities possible for you. Yes. That's something that I've learned a lot, a lot about my dad. When I was younger, he would go watch live music at different venues. And that's the way that he met all of the different bands that he performed with. He would just see people and he had the guts to go up to him and be like, I'm a drummer. Do you need a drummer? And he would get into these bands and it was like, Oh my goodness. He is the king of networking. He's so good at just going out and talking to people with no fear. And I think that's something that you have to have as a musician is no fear in terms of connecting with other musicians because we all want to connect, right? Like we're all human, you know? Right, right. And we all want to um, have those conversations and find ways that we can make art together and collaborate. And if you just get past that little bit of fear or that inner dialogue of, oh, am I good enough? Oh, is, am, I, am I good to go and talk to this person? If you get past that and you just go for it, you just show up, that's when the magic happens. That's when you get to connect with, I mean, I've connected with people that I just, I never would have had the guts to talk to them if I didn't have that feeling of, okay, I just need to go for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's how with, with this project that I'm, I'm starting now, I, 
I got the idea. I mean, I haven't, it hasn't been in my mind for, you know, a super long time. I kind of got the idea back in December. We did a, um, our Christmas concert was a podcast for my, um, for my middle school. So um, that kind of gave me the idea to, you know, what can I do that is a podcast? And then I don't, somehow in my mind, I got the idea of careers in music. Like, I don't know if we were talking about it in school and, but it, I just, and so it's been kind of sitting in my mind for a couple of months. And then I just finally got the courage to I ask a couple of people that I even know, it even took courage to ask people that I knew, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, but, but just because you, you're always afraid of rejection and somebody's going to say no, or you're not going to be good enough. Um, but I was able to finally, or to get up the courage and do it. And then of course I put out that comment on that music teacher's page and I got a ton of, of people that were interested. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been slowly going down the list and like checking off people and, um, some people haven't gotten back to me, but it's fine. You know, they, they, but I think people are excited about this. And so that's gotten me kind of excited about, um, the opportunity and, and kind of putting this out there for people to use as a resource. And everyone that I've talked to has been super great and inspirational. And I think that it's going to create a, uh, resource that is going to be really beneficial and maybe we'll see a spike in students that are interested in music careers. <laughs> Yes, we need that. It is hard to find uh, people who just have the guts to go for it, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone said growing up, I was taught there aren't that many jobs in music. So you have to be really good in order to succeed. And that is so wrong. Like, yeah, you got to be good because you got to go for it. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be the best musician in the world to get the job. You don't. You just have to have the guts to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the best artist. I know that. I I've only taken one art class, you know. <laughs> and I just decided to go for it. And mm -hmm. there are artists. I've had a few uh, visual artists contact me and say, how did you get the guts to do that? You made a book. And I think it was just the idea that I didn't realize I had restrictions you know I decided well I'm just gonna go for it because I, I'm not the best artist but why not make my art you know <laughs> and it's the same with music I'm, I might not be the best musician but at least I'm gonna share my heart with people right so yeah and that's and the networking portion of it has a lot to do with with if you're going to get that job or not, you know, making sure that you go out there and get the connections. And um, so that's going to help you get, um, we talked about this and uh, I had talked with a music therapist yesterday and, and she was telling me, you know, um, they all, there was someone that she said hadn't, didn't have the greatest voice, but her um, mentor said, you know, it, it doesn't take someone with the greatest voice to be a music therapist. It takes someone with a, a kind heart and that you can't teach a, a kind heart to someone. You can teach them how to sing. You can teach them how to play instruments, but you, um, that, that willingness to serve, um, is something that, um, that you can't teach somebody. So, um, going that, that's kind of going into to the, you don't have to be the greatest musician ever to, to have a career in music to, you just, really have to have a love for it, a love for music and, and you'll be able to succeed. Um, yep. so yeah, and the attitude that you're not going to give up. Yes. Because so easily people give up 
mm -hmm. they move on. And the people who decide not to give up and keep going, even when situations bring you down to the ground, right? Mm -hmm. If you just decide, well, I'm going to stand up and try one more time. And then the next time, I'm going to stand up and try one more time. And if you're willing to do that and have that resilience, then you can have a career in music easy. I mean, it, it won't be easy, but you can have that career if you just keep getting up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah. So before we go, if someone were looking for you, where could they find you? Yeah, my website is uh, Katie Terrell Ramos, my full name, dot com. And then my book is also on Amazon and it's Igabadith, the musical yak. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to let me interview you today. And I'm excited to get this out and I will be in touch. Awesome. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Special thanks to those who read for our intro. Corinne Miner, Ashley Sigmund, Renee Bridges, Ken Davis, Rachel Wyatt, and Hannah Rowland. Hannah also read the excerpts from Katie's book, Igabadif, The Musical Yak. Also special thanks to Brandon Mooberry, who wrote our theme song, and Brian Knox, our sound engineer. You must come visit soon. I'm sure you will be singing... Igabadoof song till then. The end.